and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I will be your host. And of course, I am joined by Rita Peters, who's also the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs. But again, she's also my co-host. Rita, it's great to be back with you and of course our audience. I hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I did have a wonderful Memorial Day, just spending the day with family and friends. And it's great to be back doing the program with you again, Andrew. My favorite programs are always the ones that we co-host together. And thanks to everyone who's watching right now, just as a reminder, Andrew and I can get lonely out here, so make sure you post a comment. Let us know where you're tuning in from. We love to learn a little bit more about our audience, right, Andrew? Absolutely. Love hearing about what your favorite thing is about Convention of States, what your favorite amendment idea is, how you're contributing to saving the nation, all of that. You should just drop in a comment for us so that we can get inspired by your words. Also, please put out a share. Share this program to as many people as possible, your friends, your family, or share it on social media. This is how we grow the program. And of course, it's how we bring more awareness to the secret weapon that the Founding Fathers gave to us. Well, Rita, we have an excellent show lined up for our audience. Uh, Convention of States teams across the nation, as you know, have been surging. They've been going into the capitals and participating in what we call Capital Surge Days. And it's part of our strategy to get the grassroots at the Capitol to uh, talk about Article 5 of the Constitution and talk about our Article 5 resolution. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with the Pennsylvania State Director. Him and the team recently did a surge day, so we're going to pick his brain on what the Pennsylvania team did and how they went to their Capitol surge day with a huge headliner and also with a large grassroots army to influence the state legislature. We also have COS Now to keep our audience up to date with everything Convention of States related. And of course, we or we have a brand new edition, which is going to be the COS Mailbag, where we uh, look at some of the comments that we've seen. Like you just said at the beginning, Rita, we love hearing from our audience. So now today we're going to listen to them and read some of their comments. But before we get to that, Rita, we do have our Article 5 trivia giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg. So Mike, take it away. Thank you, Andrew. It is great to be here. Hope you guys are having a great week out there. Hope you had a great Memorial Day. What a wonderful opportunity it is to honor our fallen. I still see things I still think about all the heroes out there that have given all their last full measure. Well, now it's time to give some stuff away and to learn a little bit more about Convention of States. And actually, we'll see a bit of a groundswell of support for Convention of States. And if you're the one who answers this question correctly, you can get one of these cool COS sweatshirts. We actually make it in two ways. We make it with a zipper and we make it in the slipover in blue. They're pretty cool. Here's the one with the zipper. That's the color with the zipper if you want that. And of course it says red or blue, the federal government will never willingly give up its power. And I don't mind walking around at all with that sweatshirt on. People are always talking to me about Convention of States. So if you don't win it and you want to have one anyway, because it's still a little bit cool in your area this spring or early summer, 
Just go to shopconventionestates.com and you can get a sweatshirt or we have some new t-shirts coming. There's quite a bit going on in the store. So again, go to shopconventionestates.com. But for now, let me jump into our question of the day. And it's, uh, it's really interesting because we have had presidential candidates endorse us in the past. One of note right now is a current presidential candidate, Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis, our Florida governor, or the Florida governor, uh, announced in his campaign uh, that uh, he's ready to take the office. And it should be great to have somebody in the office that is an endorser for convention states. So far, there have been two other political candidates or presidential candidates this year to express their support for our movement to restore the republic. My question for the day is name one, name one of the two other uh, candidates other than DeSantis that have lent their support that have endorsed convention of states. And I'll be back later to tell you both of them. Hopefully you'll get one of them and you'll get this cool sweatshirt. But in the meantime, you get to see what's going on in Pennsylvania. And I'll be back later. Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Rita, before we get to our interview, uh, we need to look at some history being made. It's the latest edition of COS Now. Let's check it out. Convention of States Action endorser and Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis announced his candidacy for the presidency last week. DeSantis is a longtime supporter of the Article 5 movement. Given that Florida's taken the lead as governor, I'll work with governors and legislators in other states to move the Article 5 process forward. We have to go around Congress to impose term limits and a balanced budget amendment, then we need to do that for the future of our country. Other 2024 contenders who have expressed support for conventional states include Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy. COS Action encourages all 2024 presidential candidates to declare their position on calling an Article 5 convention to restrain federal overreach. Meanwhile, Convention State's President Mark Meckler was asked about DeSantis entering the race, and he had this to say. Uh, Donald Trump is just, he's brash, he's bold. People like the fire that he brings. Uh, DeSantis, I would say, is more measured in his approach. They're pretty similar on a lot of the issues, though. They so are. I think they're both bringing the conservative approach to governance, but a very different style. Yeah. A joint committee of the Maine legislature heard testimony on our Article 5 application, which has been adopted in 19 states so far. Here's Maine State Representative Joseph Underwood. The solutions to all our problems will never come from Congress because Congress is the problem. It is time for the states to unite and use the authority we were given under Article 5. Elsewhere across the nation, the Georgia team collected nearly 50 petitions while placing second in a local competition. The Tennessee team continues to empower locals with constitutional education. And the New Jersey team held a town hall with about 150 locals in attendance. Members of the Convention of States Delaware team honored military veterans by placing flags at grave sites. And finally, Convention of States supporter Chris Salcedo had some strong words for the D.C. elites over the Memorial Day weekend. To all of you public officials who failed to live up to the sacrifice of our fallen heroes, a question to the majority of you in our unworthy government. All we see from you are laws to constrain and control and restrain we the people. When can we expect you to pass some laws restricting government in these same ways? Perhaps it's time we the people relieved you of that burden, which you have all clearly demonstrated you can't handle. 
and impose these restrictions on you ourselves. Perhaps a convention of states is our last best hope to create a government that is worthy of those who gave the last full measure of devotion to the United States so we could all remain free. And now you're up to date with convention of states. All right. Thank you, Producer G, for putting together that montage for us. Rita, I'd like to get your immediate reaction to what was your best moment in that latest COS Now. It's hard to identify one best moment, Andrew. And I want our viewers to know, Andrew and I don't watch that in advance. Like, we just watched it, too. So <laughs> it's exciting for us every week to see what Producer G is going to have for us. It's always kind of a surprise and so fun. And I I think what I'm interested the most in is to see as we get closer and closer, how many of the um, candidates for the Republican nomination in particular are going to come out openly in support of convention of states. I know that our teams in, in the states across the country are going to be at the various events where they're speaking, mm -hmm. announcing their candidacy, et cetera. And I know they're going to get asked questions about support for Convention of State. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how many of them we get on the record supporting Convention of States. What about you, Andrew? What was your highlight? I think for me, the highlight was seeing that New Jersey Town Hall. It's incredible to me that 100 plus patriots showed up in New Jersey for this town hall, because it's not like this was in Texas or it was in Oklahoma or, or some other really bright red state. It was in the center of, of New Jersey. And that's historically been considered a, a place where it's very blue. And, you know, I think it's cool that we have a presence in every single state. We don't, and it speaks to our, our philosophy at Convention of States. This isn't a red movement or a blue movement. It's a red, white, and blue movement. It's an American movement. And it's just, encourages me to hear that there's a hundred plus people showing up to a town hall who want to hear about a solution as big as the problem, who want to hear about how they can help save the country through an Article 5 convention of states where we could limit Congress's ability to spend money, spend time in Washington, D.C., and also limit their jurisdiction. So I, I really get encouraged when I see things like that. And it's amazing to see across the nation the amount of people who are dedicated to this cause, who are dedicated to fighting for liberty. It always brings me, uh, it brings a smile to my face every time. So that was my best moment uh, from that montage. With that, Rita, we need to go over to our guest. Joining us today, we have Jared Bill, who is the State Director for Convention of States Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us so much. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Jared. It's a pleasure to have you with us. We really appreciate you giving us your time. So we want to talk to you about the surge event that happened at the Pennsylvania Capitol not too long ago. Tell For our audience, tell us what a surge day is and how you and the COS team conduct these events. Sure. Yeah. I mean, surge day, I think... I think surge day is, is a lot of things. It ends up being a lot of different things for a lot of people. Um, you know, for some people, it's the first time that they've ever been to their Capitol building. For other people, uh, it's the first time they've ever met their legislator face to face. You know, I think for the PA movement, it's a show of strength. You know, uh, the more engaged citizens we have on the ground in the Capitol shows uh, a heartbeat or a health. Um, but ultimately, I do, I think it's just an essential part of self governance. You know, this is, 
where the people's business gets done. It's conducted there every day. And like, we should not feel intimidated being there. That should be a place of comfort. Uh, people should be acclimated to it. And so, you know, I just think it's a part of our, of our self-governance. Mm -hmm. Well, Jared, from what I heard about your event, it sounded like it was very well organized and this is a great window into what it looks like when we say we want to restore self-governance in America. It's about being engaged with your government and forging those relationships so that everyday citizens can have genuine influence on government policy. So give our audience an idea of what goes into planning, preparing for, and executing a surge day at your state capitol. You know, what, what's the planning process like? And then what do you actually do at a surge day? Sure. Well, um, I think one of the most important things is like, try to get your date in the, as far in, in front of you as you can. And obviously within reason, you don't want to be planning a year out, but like if you can get two months runway, that would probably be really ideal. If you can get your date solidified, um, those two months will fill up very quickly. Um, Thinking about leading up to that, you know, we there was a lot of organizing around like making like what was going to go into our packets and organizing all the packets. You sort of have to have the concept of what the packets are going to look like before you actually put them together. So there's a little bit of planning there. Uh, but for us, there was a whole lot of marketing. Uh, and this is where the, the runway really helps is it's really difficult to create a hype in a few days. But if you have a month or so to really kind of continuously nudge people and remind them this is happening. And it kind of inflates the balloon each time you you reconnect or engage in each touch point. Um, and we found it a lot of fun to kind of watch the, the tool that we have for RSVPs. Every time we'd send an email blast out, we'd get another bump, you know? And even day to day, we kind of see the, the group growing. So that was a lot of fun for us. Um, Ultimately, though, I think, you know, once you're there, um, there's a lot of like when the rubber meets the road, the night before, we actually got really lucky. Uh, like five extra Patriots showed up at the hotel um, and helped us stuff packets. And we still ended up being there till like 2 a.m. So if we hadn't had that extra help, it might not have come off as, as clean as it did. So it was uh, really great. Uh, the night before was a lot of fun. Um, so getting that stuff organized was a lot of fun. Um, the day of, we had a little pep talk in the morning. Uh, Rick Santorum was there. We kind of got set the context for the day, got people really ener energized. Um, and at that moment, we stopped for a pitcher because we, we felt like we had kind of bulk mass at that point. So we got a pitcher. Um, and then we divided everybody up into their groups and got them into the Capitol. And one of the things that we did throughout the day was to keep a heartbeat with everyone at home. So we uh, we created a dedicated Slack channel, which is called Capital Surge. And from the moment we got on site, each of the way through the day, we kept posting updates like, hey, Rick just got done talking. Okay, Jared's talking. Okay, Jared just got done talking. Everybody's in line for security. The photo was done, post the photo. You know, So the people who are at home, they can kind of follow along. And I would bet that there's at least a dozen people who are sitting there following at home, wishing they were there on the floor, right? And so this is a way that we can reach into everyone's home, get them engaged. There was a few other things we had going on behind the scenes as well. So like our, our comms director was uh, watching uh, for other things being posted on social media, different things that were happening. We had a reporter show up. Um, so we were trying to navigate those waters the day of appropriately. 
Um, we also had like a telepatriots uh, campaign going on in the background. So people who couldn't make it but were at home that wanted to participate, they were making calls. So just different ways of different avenues of having that impact happen all together as a collective and being able to tie boots on the ground back to the team uh, that's virtual, I think was was really good. And then just a minute real quick on the actual legislator engagement. Uh, it was lots of fun, really, um, really amazing to sit down and engage with Rick. Um, you know, there was a there was a point where um, we were sitting there engaging and Rick looked over across the table at the legislator and her team and he said something to the effect of, you know, what I need is a warrior. I need someone who can go out and do this for us, who can battle, who's willing to, to do the fight for us. And it, it all it was all done very tactfully and it's hard to describe, but that really had an impact on me as like the level of engagement, the vocabulary to use when engaging with them. I really felt like after that conversation, the table kind of tilted in their direction a little bit, right? It's like, okay, this is what we need. We need someone to step up and be a warrior or you are a warrior, right? And like, I felt like that was really impactful to the legislator. Uh, and I, so I think we, we a lot of times say that legislators are people too. And I just think there's a lot that can be gleaned from that, that people don't, you hear it and you kind of just let it brush off your shoulder. But really, I think in a lot of these cases, the key to getting in with a legislator is to find a way to build a personal relationship with them, find some way to connect with them personally. Now, that's not going to guarantee you that they're going to support your legislation, but that's your foot in the door. You know, build build that, that personal connection get your foot in the door and then engage on the business. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's incredible to hear that and to hear how Rick Santorum was speaking to legislators in such a stern, but tactful manner. I, I love it. And I just love what you're saying about the team. Uh, as a reminder, Jared, to our viewers, convention of States action is pushing uh, forward. It's pushing for resolutions through article five to have an amending convention. And the, the resolution that we want to see would call for three specific topics, limitations on the federal government's ability to spend limitations on the amount of time someone can spend in Washington, DC as a representative or elected representative, and then also uh, reducing the jurisdiction of the federal government. So 19 states have already passed the COS resolution. We possibly have a 20th with uh, Kansas. There's litigation that's coming uh, in the near future that will hopefully settle that and make Kansas the 20th state. And then also uh, North Carolina is in the mix right now, possibly could be the 21st state. With all of that in mind, um, how, how is Pennsylvania progressing towards getting uh, the state legislature to pass our Article 5 resolution? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, we are moving. Uh, you know, as you know, January marked the beginning of a new two-year session, um, and PA is in session year-round. Uh, so that's a lot of work. Uh, we're, we, you know, we constantly have to be engaged with them. Uh, right now, the Democrats have a narrow majority in the House. Uh, the Republicans still have the majority in the Senate. So all that says is that our strategy needs to include the Democrats as well. Uh, we right now have a co-sponsor from the Democrat side, our prime prime sponsor and prime co-sponsor. And um, one of the things I actually learned at the Capitol surge is we didn't do a good enough job engaging our new freshmen. There were a couple of freshmen 
who, when people started to talk to them, they got very excited about the notion of a convention of states and a handful of them were Democrats. So um, that's gotta be part of our strategy. Engage with our freshman uh, uh, legislators, engage with the Democrats, you know, remind people that we're not a partisan organization. You know, this is a bipartisan effort. Um, and like I said, our strategy will have to include some of those people. Um, some of the challenges that we have, obviously, is PA is a really big state. Uh, sometimes it can feel like organizing like a whole national region of multiple states within one. Um, you know, and the, assemb the assembly members are paid very well. Um, so in many cases, this is the bread and butter of their family, and it makes it a little more difficult to get them to take a risk on, on, on different resolutions and things like that. Um, however, there's a lot of positives. Uh, PA is big. We have lots of people, right? So statistically speaking, we should have a lot more patriot leaders than smaller states, right? So the, the trick is to reach those people, engage them. We have two major cities within PA, and there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. So, I mean... We need to organize, organize, organize. Uh, we have been organizing. Um, we have a great, we're starting to build a nice org structure. Um, and that's going to hopefully deliver some dividends as far as like additional engagement. Sure. Yeah, we we know that there were a couple of setbacks in last year's elections, right? But Absolutely, Pennsylvania yeah. is a state that has a ton of citizen support, which is helpful. And I personally think, um, Jared, in my experience working with all the different states, you mentioned that Pennsylvania is one of just a few states in the U.S. that the state legislature meets pretty much year round. And I actually think that adds a, another challenge, too, because things tend to move very slowly because of that. And, and that makes it challenging to not only get the citizen support, but you have to sustain it over time. Yep. And your team is doing a great job with that. Now, Thank you. one other thing, yeah. One other thing I wanna touch on at, at Capital Day, Surge Day events, we always like to send one of our national headliners, whether it's Mark Meckler, Mike Ferris, <clears throat> Senator Rick Santorum, Colonel Allen West, Tim Barton, Pete Hegseth, or Rick Green. Those are all people we've sent to our to our state surge days. Now, for Pennsylvania, having a former U.S. Senator, Rick Santorum, able to be there now in his capacity as a senior advisor to Convention of States, that has to give you guys in Pennsylvania a big boost, right? So what was it like? What is it like having... Rick Santorum there and going through the halls of the Capitol with him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Rick carries a lot of weight. Uh, you know, when when he walks up to a legislator's office, everyone knows who he is. He's greeted and welcomed in rather than like, hey, uh, do you have an appointment? Are you scheduled? People look for ways to engage with him. Um, one of the legislators that we um, spoke with was very excited to take pictures with Rick. Um, you know what I mean? So it's the sort of thing that, you know, Rick definitely helps. Uh, I also think that we need to be cautious though. I think that knife cuts both ways. Like we can't be too dependent on Rick and the state team needs to really own the relationships with our legislators and then let Rick be a bolster to that, right? Like we can't, 
Rick is a senior advisor. His time is spread across many states across the country, and he's doing amazingly important work. He's not our state legislative liaison, right? And we need to keep that in mind, right? And so having Rick there to support was in a, a tremendous opportunity to me. Uh, I learned a lot just watching him work, seeing how business is conducted. But we as a state also, we need to do that on a regular, right? We need to be developing those relationships. We need to know everyone by face and name, have personal relationships built. Uh, and then when Rick comes in, again, it bolsters the existing relationship that we have. So that's, I think we can, we can grow and do more there and, you know, have Rick come in and really help us get across the finish line whenever it's time. I think you hit the nail on the head, Jared, because all the legislators, I'm sure, love Rick, want to take their pictures with them and all of that. But when it comes right down to it, they want to know what their constituents think about what you're trying to do. And they want to know that they have that constituent support. So we can't just rely on a headliner and a big name, right. um, even a name like Rick Sant Santorum. We all have to do our part this is a grassroots movement and we have to do our part to take back our government. Absolutely. Yeah. Jared, I'd love to hear a little bit of your COS story as well. Just kind of to move away from the CERD for just a moment, love to hear how you got plugged into COS and then what brought you all the way to the state director for Pennsylvania. Sure. I would love, love to share it. Um, COS to me was, uh, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it was the solution big enough for the problem. Right? <laughs> it genuinely is, right? I um, my story starts in a in a dark place. I mean, I was literally at the so I work from home as an engineer, um, and at the time, my office, uh, which is now in an old nursery, previously was in my basement in my house, and so like it was like two a.m. in the middle of the night. My whole family was asleep, and I was in a dark basement on my computer feverishly searching for some kind of a solution to the obvious impending financial collapse. Like to me in that moment, it was crystal clear where we were headed. And I just couldn't believe that there weren't people screaming from the mountaintops that this was going on. You know, this was sort of me kind of awakening up the, the self-governance spirit in me was starting to come alive. And again, searching, 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 you know, um, and I came across a, a talk from, the 2019 Leadership Summit that um, uh, Robert Kelly gave, uh, and it really connected with me. Uh, and in fact, I, I steal his his speech a little bit sometimes. I give him credit, but I do use the analogy because I, I, it's the thing that hooked me. And so maybe I'm a little more biased, but you know, his talk about um, the difference between uh, the gas gauge on your car coming on versus the the service engine light. Um, and you know, the thing I took away from that was that you know, the reason that things are the way they are is because the government is unable to operate the way that it was intended to, you know, and that just resonated so much to me because, you know, while there's always corruption, I wasn't at the point where I felt like everybody's corrupt, right? Like I didn't, I just didn't think like everyone, you get elected in and then they give you a class on corruption. This is how you're a corrupt politician. I didn't think that, right? Um, so there had to be some other reason why all the things that we're seeing were happening. And when I saw his talk, it really clicked to me that we have a broken system. Like you know, the people in the system aren't necessarily all broken. The system itself is broken. And that was a foundational shift for me in my thinking. Um, and that ultimately steered me away from like running potentially for like local office or something like that. And it convinced me that I needed to spend time fixing the structure of, of the government rather than participating in the broken system. 
Um, and so that led me to that. I started off as a district captain, um, eventually stepped up as a regional captain. <clears throat> One day I got a call from a guy named Steve Patton. Uh, and he said, hey, Jared, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe putting together a team that meets a little more often. Are you interested in joining that? And it kind of took off from there. Uh, me and Steve have been working hand in hand uh, to kind of restructure and organize PA. And ironically, uh, this Thursday will be the one year mark that I took over as a state director. So this interview is really timely. And it's, uh, it's really nice for me to be able to look back on a year of organizing and just to see how far we've come. Uh, so it feels like sometimes it feels like this stuff moves at molasses, but when when you hit a milestone like a year and you look back, it's like wow, we moved at light speed, you know. So uh, it's all perspective, you know. It's all perspective. Well, Jared, I want to just thank you so much. We're so grateful to you and for all of our viewers. I just want to clarify, Jared, it like all of our state directors is a volunteer. So what he's doing for Convention of States, he's doing because he believes in the mission um, and he's 100%. doing it at a sacrifice to himself, his family. So, Jared, thank you so much. And why don't you just tell us what's next for the Pennsylvania team and how can viewers in Pennsylvania help you to achieve the goals of the team in Pennsylvania? Oh, man. Uh, all right. I'll try to do this somewhat uh, quickly. There's so much going on. I mean, um, we are approaching 96,000 petitions in PA. And so we have a marketing drive right now, which is the countdown to 100,000. And so we're entering uh, event season. And so one of the goals that I've kind of set, in fact, I haven't really talked about this with the team, but in my mind, mentally, one of the goals I've tried to set for myself is can we get to 100,000 by the end of event season. Uh, and I think we can do it. Um, it just really takes us engaging in events in a meaningful way. Uh, I think that we can always be organizing more, right? So figure out the five or six events in the month that really matter and invest in them really heavy. You know, go out, do the relationship building, do the introduction to COS, talk about the facts, but never lose track of the fact that the currency within COS are petitions, right? Take those relationships, take that information, convert it to cash, you know, turn it into a petition. So I, uh, I encourage everyone to think of petitions as currency within COS. Uh, you want to grow, you know, your vault or whatever. Um, and so that's a big focus that we have. We've, we're growing our team. Uh, also, uh, we recently added a statewide events coordinator who's going to help with the things I just covered. Uh, we also added a state coalitions director. So one of the things that's important for us is tying COS to the relevant things in people's everyday lives, right? I feel like, and this is gonna be a blanket statement, so I apologize, but a lot of coalitions form reactionary. They're about one specific topic. They're about a thing. We just got done talking about COS is more of a foundational transformation, right? So we look for opportunities to take the thing that's current in the news now that people care about, speak to it, and then talk to how is COS the solution for that thing. And many times COS is the solution for a lot of these things when you get down to the foundational level, right? So our coalitions director is doing a lot of that bridge making. Uh, we do, we have what coalition people come speak for us, we go speak for them, you know, so that that sort of stuff. Uh, we're onboarding a director of Telepatriot right now. Uh, I kind of feel sometimes like we can be a one trick pony with email blasts. And I kind of feel like we get, we have a lot of people who are fatigued from, a different email every couple of days. We have state level, local level, national level emails, 
and they're not always coordinated 100%, right? And so people can get two, three emails a day, and I think sometimes they can get numb to that. So I think it's really important part of our strategy to actually pick up the phone and reach out to people. So we're, you know, now we are two-trick pony. Um, we're looking to onboard a state block walking captain. Uh, this is an effort to take someone who has a strong foundation somewhere and fan out on their street. So view COS from the lens of streets in America. How many people on each street do we have? If we have one person, can we double that? You know, walk through your street, turn your street from two people into four people. You know, if we do that everywhere, we double our footprint, right? So this is the engagement at the local level. And then, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're looking for more help in our legislative area. So initially, we had been on a search to find a legislative liaison, and that was taking a bit longer than we wanted. So we decided to flip the process on its head. Rather than starting top down, bring in an LL and let them form a team, we said, let's take a grassroots approach. So we started to onboard people onto a team who were interested in legislation. And now they're starting, the, the engine's starting to run. And our hope is, is that eventually a leader will step up to lead. Um, so we're growing in a lot of different areas <clears throat> on the marketing side. We just re recently launched conventionestates.com slash PA. So if you go there, we have a little website that's specific to PA. It's uh, in different levels of organized right now. Some of it is still being developed. Some of it has old documentation linked on it, but it's growing. You can engage our state calendar there. That's a great way to let people on the leadership team know what you have going on. So you can go there and add your event if you want. Um, our comms team also just launched a PA monthly newsletter. Uh, so it's similar to like the roundup, but it's all information specific to PA. And there are things that make it in there that um, normally wouldn't make it into uh, like the roundup. You know what I mean? It's it's more local to our stuff. Um, we have recruitment drives going on for DCs, videographers, coalition team members, events coordinator team members. And the next big event that we have coming up at the end of June will be our Q2 All Hands Volunteer Meeting. This is our opportunity to engage our volunteers in mass. So the first one that we did was in Q1, where we kind of showed them this is our battle plan. This is how we intend to win, right? So this is the update to that. This is what's happened from, from Q1 to Q2. And by the way, this is how the landscape has changed and how we've readjusted the plan to execute. So lots of stuff coming up, uh, and we're always thinking about the next potential capital surge. So potentially this fall, uh, we might be scheduling another one, depending on how we look in session with votes and things. So lots of moving parts, uh, lots of information. <laughs> wow, Jared, that is just incredible to hear the energy that you and the team are pouring into Pennsylvania. Just incredible. And I just, just on that note, I want to take a second. I know I'm the one sitting here on this call right now, but honestly, it's the hundreds of patriots across the state that make this happen. You know, uh, we have a, a team of leaders. Uh, that team of leaders, we try to give them the autonomy to organize their own area and go and execute. And then it's the district captains on the local level that are really doing the heavy lifting and making all this work. So I just want to thank all them for their hard work. Um, and just echo that it's not me, it's it's all them, you know? <laughs> so thanks to everybody on the PA team. I appreciate your work. Amen. Well, God bless you and God bless all of the Patriots that you just referenced. And thank you for all that you're doing. You're going to have to come back and give us another update. Maybe you can come back when you get to 100,000 petition signatures or when you do your next surge. But we definitely want to hear more about what's going on with you and the team in PA. Thanks again for joining us, Jared. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. would love to come back. Thanks to Andrew and Rita. It was great. Thanks, Jared.
All right, with that, let's go over to Mike Ruthenberg, who has the answer for our Article 5 trivia giveaway. Mike? Thank you, Andrew. What a great show. It is so great to be able to see some video of things going on, to hear from our wonderful Pennsylvania State Director. And thank you guys for stepping in and getting the word out. And thank you to the folks that are showing up and listening, sharing this video and engaging in the conversation, not just necessarily for the trivia, but also to share a little bit about your reactions to what's happening, because that's good for this broadcast. It gets it out even further. I know there's a lot of people need to hear what's going on. Well, if you're the one, if you remember, that was hoping to win this COS sweatshirt, or of course, we also have one with a zipper, so you can get the same COS sweatshirt with the zipper. Again, it says on the back, red or blue, the federal government will never willingly give up its power. And that is a Mark Meckler quote. And I love to sport this sweatshirt. It's one of my favorite garments from the store. So maybe you're the one who won. If you didn't, just go to shopconventionestates.com and you can pick one up yourself before they run out. It's starting to warm up and we're going to be running out of these before too long. Anyway, you probably remember that Ron DeSantis, our, the governor of the state of Florida, has thrown in his He's thrown down the gauntlet, says, I'm going to run for president. I want to be the next president of the United States. And one of the cool things about DeSantis is he's endorsed Convention of States. And so far, there have been two other presidential candidates this year that also endorsed Convention of States. And the question was, name one that has done it. And the answer is there's two. One's Nikki Haley. The other is Vivek Ramsawamy. And so... That are the two. Hopefully you got one of them. Vivek Ramswamy recently said Convention of States is within the Constitution for a reason. The framers of the Constitution had great forethought for periods just like this one. So I think getting that convention together will have a useful function for this country. I challenge every other GOP candidate to recognize the same thing. And again, Nikki Haley in a statement that's a little bit softer. She's also running for president. She implied her support by saying, if there's a convention of states, yes, I absolutely want term limits. I think it's a time for us to do that now. And of course, Ron DeSantis, our governor in the state of Florida, understands that the federal government will never voluntarily give up an ounce of its power. I know the states need to use Article 5 to take the power away from DC. That's what he said in his endorsement. Florida is the third of 12, now 19 states that will have already passed the resolution. And I encourage all of the state legislatures to support Convention of States project and pass the resolution today. Where do the other candidates stand on Convention of States? Well, we urge all 24 presidential candidates to take a public stand so you know where they are on our movement. If you want to learn a little bit more about Convention of States, there's tons there. Of course, you can go to conventionofstates.com. You can look at us, look us up on Rumble and YouTube and see a lot going on. Of course, you can check us out on Facebook, too. Just look for Convention of States. Anyway, that's it for now. I'm going to turn it back over to Rita, and she'll wrap up the show. Thanks, Mike.
So to cap off today's program, we are debuting a brand new segment called COS Live Mailbag. I am super excited about this. These are messages and questions from viewers like you. So if you want to be featured or you have a question, drop us a comment. I'm going to start with um, a comment from Wayne Anderson, who was responding to last week's episode with North Carolina Representative Dennis Riddell. Wayne says, thank you for this discussion. I've been following the COS movement for four or five years now and have signed the petition. I have recently become aware of the JBS, that's the John Birch Society, objection to the COS and even watched one of their videos that made it clear they are dealing in fear-mongering with very little, if any, substantive argument to base their position on. I am eager to share this video with a couple of friends who base their resistance to the COS completely on that fear of the unknown. You did a commendable job of explaining the facts without animosity towards those who have been convinced of falsehoods that are unfounded in reality. Thank you for your calm and reserved approach to teaching us the truth. Wow, Mr. Anderson, thank you so much for those kind words. I always enjoy an opportunity to interview Representative Dennis Riddell. He is a true patriot and a wonderful man, but um, thank you for your comment and your compliment. Mm -hmm. All right, Rita, I got three here. I'm going to group them all together because they're all very similar and it's related to the episode we did uh, with the National Day of Prayer that was with Michael Arnold. That was a few weeks ago. So first one, this one's from YouTube. Uh, so we don't have a specific name, uh, just a, a YouTube handle. Uh, this person says, as a native of the Bay State, this is a this is very encouraging. So love hearing that. Then we have Ryan DaCosta. The pastors were amazing as well as Mark and Rick. We will always attend this event. That's so good to hear. So encouraging that uh, people are going to continue to uh, show up to this uh, National Day of Prayer. Mary Ellen uh, Proba Probanski, thank you for hosting such a great event. It was amazing. Thank you for all the, of the encouragement. Love hearing from our, from our viewers. Yeah, here's another fun one, Andrew. This, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce the name right, but it looks like Jean or Jeannie Wyrock. She was responding to the main committee hearing that we streamed. And her note says, oh, yeah. thank you for allowing me to witness this session. I consider it a privilege. I am a recent widow of 58 years and I'm one small voice in Michigan. I am praying in faith, believing that we will get the number of states to join the COS because this is necessary for America to be saved by the grace and mercy of God. Wow. Um, that's encouraging. Jeannie, thank you for watching and thank you most of all for your prayers. We really appreciate that. 
Yeah, Rita, that is just so inspiring. One small voice in Michigan. You know, when you have one small voice and you bring multiple small voices together, you get something very powerful. You get a grassroots army and then you can save the country because God is going to give us the grace that we need. That That is just incredible. Thank you, Jeannie. Uh, all right, I got one uh, from Savannah Rose Alexander. It's really exciting that we could potentially practice something written in the Constitution that we have never practiced before. Amen to that. Our founding fathers knew. They were so smart and put these things there for uh, for us for a reason. You, I couldn't have said it any better, Savannah. The founding fathers gave us Article 5 for a time just like this, when Congress fails to act, when Congress does not listen to the will of the people, when Congress decides that they're not going to move on something important, the states can get together, they can rally together at an amending convention, and they can be the ones to act on behalf of the people. So amen, Savannah Rose Alexander. Andrew, I have one more. I'm just going to read it. it. says, Alice Tillery here in the state of Alabama. I want the state's rights completely restored, and I want the Constitution to be the ruler of our land. Alice, thank you for that. You are right on. That was, you know, the hook that pulled me into Convention of States is my firm belief and commitment to the rule of law. We are meant to be under the rule of law, not under the rule of men. And that's what Convention of States is all about. It's restoring the rule of law under our constitution as written. Absolutely. All right, Rita, I got two more. We have one from Melissa Martin, who is a district captain. We have we are having events in North Carolina. It's breakfast meet, meet and greets, dinner meet and greets, library training for volunteers, festival tables at gun shows, and more. Wow, that's incredible that you're doing that many events. We will be at the GOP event in uh, Greensboro in June great opportunity. Yes, that is indeed going to be a great opportunity. I'm just so inspired to hear how our district captains and volunteers are going out into the community and they're engaging the people in that community. That's that's our lifeblood at Convention of States, engaging at the local level. So well done, Melissa Martin. Thank you for that comment. I have one more. It's a question from Judy Bortz. Does Convention of States have a group in Michigan? Yes, of course we do. Go to conventionofstates.com and click the Take Action page to get started. Sign up as a volunteer. Someone from the Michigan team is going to reach out to you and get you plugged in. And that goes for anyone out there. It's not just in Michigan. We have state teams all across the nation. So please go to conventionofstates.com. Get in the game. Get active. Volunteer. And I guarantee you, you are going to learn so much about how you can be not just a voter, but an activist to save the country. So Rita, we're going to sign off, but we'll see you next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of COS Live. Rita, we got a country to save, so it's time for us to get back to work. Thanks for joining us. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.